What should your organization do today to help get ready for a crisis tomorrow? I'm Edward Siegel, the author of the best-selling and award-winning book, Crisis Ahead, 101 Ways to Prepare for and Bounce Back from Disasters, Scandals, and Other Emergencies. I'm also a leadership strategy senior contributor for Forbes.com. My guest today is Karen Nauman, a veteran public relations strategist. She'll share her advice and recommendations for the steps federal agencies and companies should take to ensure they're ready to respond to a variety of crisis situations. Thanks for joining me today on Crisis Ahead, Karen. Thank you, Edward, for inviting me to the Crisis Ahead. As you know, I am a fan and I often share episodes with my network. I do need to take a moment to say that the views I express are mine and do not necessarily represent any organization or government agency. Understood. Thank you for that disclaimer. You and I recently participated in a national press club panel on crisis communications. You had and shared what I thought was some very interesting perspectives on what is a crisis and what is not a crisis. Can you recap what you had to say? Yes, of course. I make a distinction among crisis, emergency, and issue. An issue could have a significant impact on your organization and your stakeholders may or may not be aware of it. An emergency, however, is an unplanned or unwanted event that impacts the organization and calls for immediate action. So this has a low potential for adverse impact beyond the initial event, but if it's badly managed or the organization is found responsible in some way, it can become a crisis. And I'll give you an example of this. In 2003, there was a shooting by an employee at a Lockheed Martin plant in Mississippi that warranted an emergency response to an active shooter. However, it became a crisis for the defense contractor when it was discovered many coworkers had reported to Lockheed Martin disturbing racially motivated threats and incidents by the shooter months in advance, including having brought a KKK hood in the workplace. So, and the employee was never disciplined. So that became a crisis from an emergency. A crisis for a communicator is an event or development that can focus unwanted visibility on the organization and is likely to endanger health or the environment or seriously impact reputation or ability to achieve its mission. Of course, recent studies show that not all companies are prepared for a crisis. Why do you think that's the case? And why do you think they should take steps now rather than later to get ready for a crisis? That is shocking to hear, Edward, considering the source, nature, and likelihood of a crisis has significantly changed since the turn of the century. Prior to 9-11 and the COVID-19 pandemic, most organizations considered crisis only in terms of what was directly or obviously related to their organizations, and that's the ones that considered crisis. However, there is a greater awareness now of the need to consider global 
events affecting your organization. And also since 2001, I don't have to tell you that the influence of social media on a crisis or being the cause of a crisis is also a very real vulnerability. Essentially, the potential for crisis has been dramatically increasing in recent decades. So for an organization to fail to plan for a crisis, in my mind, is simply reckless negligence. Well, from your perspective, Karen, which federal agencies and private companies are doing a good job preparing for a crisis? Listeners should take comfort that there is so much good work being done by the federal government and the private companies that contract and support its missions. Unfortunately, for operational national security reasons, you're never going to hear about a lot of this. Uh, the best crisis communications, you know, is successfully preventing an issue from developing into a crisis. So what's the old sports adage, the best offense is a good defense? From personal awareness, however, I can vouch for the work being done by the U.S. Army's Resilience Directorate, which is leaning in to address head-on issues such as suicide and substance abuse prevention, for example. Also, U.S. Forces Korea is continuously working to deter aggression and maintain stability in Northeast Asia. And finally, as a former defense information school instructor and current West Virginia University adjunct to military graduate students, I am proud of all the public affairs work being done by hundreds of former students in the fleet and field. What are some examples of a crisis that people are preparing for versus a crisis that is simply impossible to predict? Well, one of the biggest mistakes that I see crisis communicators make is to environmentally scan about their organization and what is happening right now. Communicators should also scan the environment for what could become an issue or a crisis. In other words, practice some strategic foresight by gathering information to anticipate the future operating environment. And I'm going to give you an example of a company that did this really well. All of your Texas listeners are familiar with the grocery chain HEB. If for a moment you can bring your mind back to early 2020, when we're all home watching the news 24-7 and disinfecting our mail, you will recall many retailers were running out of supplies, toilet paper, scrambling for health and safety measures, and facing staffing struggles. But by early March, HEB, on the other hand, had already extended its sick policy, implemented social distancing before social distancing was even a term, limited hours, had a coronavirus hotline, and gave employees a raise as hazard pay. Why? Well, it's not because they're psychic cowboys. It's because since 2005, when there was an H5N1 threat overseas, HEB made and practiced response plans to a pandemic. So when they noticed in the news another fast-spreading virus out of China in early January, they refreshed that and implemented those plans. So on the surface, a disease on the other side of the world may not seem to have anything to do with a grocery store in Texas, but as we all know, it did. And so take that mindset into environmentally scanning and looking for issues that could affect your organization. Like many crisis communication researchers, you subscribe to the notion that there are phases to crisis communications. Do you think there is a phase or phases that business and government communicators are not emphasizing enough? Absolutely. 
there is a lot of energy put toward crisis response. However, there needs to be continual effort put into pre-crisis preparation and prevention. Also, after the crisis is over, is not simply the time to, you know, return to business as usual. There is a post-crisis phase that requires understanding and applying lessons learned, capturing efforts made during the crisis, cooperating with any investigations, repairing those relationships with stakeholders and or expressing public gratitude to the stakeholders that were supportive of your organization during the crisis. Organizations so should always be operating in either a pre-crisis, crisis, or post-crisis phase. In an ideal world, you're always going to be in pre-crisis phase, which means you're effectively preventing crisis. So crisis communications, bottom line, is it's more than just a plan, and it's more than just the response to a crisis. So let's focus now on the pre-crisis stage. What is it, and how does it relate to other aspects of communications? Well, the pre-crisis phase seems like steady state. However, an unforeseen or unnoticed or ignored risk or issue may easily be brewing and possibly could develop into a crisis. Pre-crisis activities revolve around your risk management, your issues management, and your organizational reputation management. Specifically, what I mean by that is Issues management is taking steps to prevent a problem or issue from maturing into a crisis. Risk management, obviously, is eliminating or lowering the risk levels. And reputation management is resolving problems with stakeholder organization relationships that could escalate and damage the organization's reputation. I also think you should be also building and uh, putting some stock into those stakeholder organization relationships too on a continual basis. So broadly speaking, in pre-crisis, you are going to prevent and prepare. Prevention means mitigation, steps to avoid a crisis, and preparation means diagnosing your crisis vulnerabilities, selecting and training a crisis management team and spokespeople, and refining your crisis operations. So the best way for an organization to manage a crisis, as I've said, is to prevent it in the first place. Therefore, crisis communications management is explicitly proactive, not reactive. Therefore, at an um, operational tactical level, you may not be surprised that some of the typical efforts during a pre-crisis phase are collecting information about risk through continually monitoring issues, stakeholders, and more. And it's also a great time to establish and build those relationships with stakeholders, as I mentioned, because that may be vital in overcoming a crisis. Um, and also look at the stakeholders who may be ne negatively impacted by the crises likely to occur to your organization. Well, a pre-crisis is not necessarily limited to the preparation for a crisis. It's also about prevention. What are some of the basic crisis communication steps that should be taken to help prevent a crisis? Well, there are five processes that can be put in place to prevent a crisis. And those are identify sources to scan, collect the information, analyze the information, take prevention action, and evaluate the effectiveness of threat reduction. And I'll, I'll unpack what those mean. Uh, identify sources to scan. Again, 
identify not only for the present environment, but look to the future. Look beyond your organization's core industry to explore political, economic, social, technical, legal, and environmental landscapes. Collect the information. You know, I don't even have to talk about this because you brilliantly discussed this on a previous episode, uh, warning signs your organization could have a crisis. So I just would recommend all listeners to go back and listen to that episode about collecting the information. Analyze the information. We as crisis communicators have a bias to look for the negative or the problems when analyzing the information collected. However, an issue may present an opportunity for an organization to get in front of an issue and really become a thought leader in the space. Also, consider what that information collected really means. So, for example, if your hypothetical military base is having a sudden upsurge of noise complaints on weekends or after hours, what does that really mean? Is that a signal of a deeper issue, like there's misuse of alcohol? Um, the, the other process is to take preventative action. And, and what that preventative action is actually depends on what the issue you're trying to prevent is, obviously. But what's most important there is to make an effort to demonstrate that the issues that have been identified are being addressed. And finally, evaluate the effectiveness of threat reduction. Measure your efforts for the outcomes desired, not just simply the efforts you made or the outputs you, you did toward it. Well, thanks for mentioning that recent episode of the show. Uh, my guest then spoke about the importance of collecting information. Uh, can you talk more about what should be done to look for and utilize that kind of information? Right. And I listened to that episode, not to repeat them, but to build on what they said. I always encourage looking for gray swans, which are events that are possible and known, but potentially have a very extreme significant impact on an organization. But for whatever reason, an organization thinks it's not going to happen to me. And one of those gray songs, which is very much in the realm of possibility, but still somehow jarringly surprising to many organizations when it occurs to them, is mis, dis, malinformation, or cyber attack. And there are hundreds and hundreds of examples of this. However, uh, with the unofficial summer travel season now underway, let me use an example that happened last summer on TikTok where a video claimed that Disney World was lowering the drinking age to 18. It stated that Disney World was battling the Florida government in court to get an exemption to this. The TikTok video acquired millions of views in just a couple of days. Then it migrated to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then mainstream news. So what can crisis communicators proactively do about this? One of the highly recommended strategies is to inoculate your stakeholders by alerting them of these low signal rumors on Reddit, Discord, TikTok, so that when it goes into the mainstream media and social media platforms, they know to reject that information. And I'll give you a perfect example that most listeners can relate to. And most of your listeners would be able to relate to this. If, if a listener has siblings, if you think back to your childhood, when something went down <laughs> between you and your siblings, it was kind of a race to mom usually to, to say, state your case. Hey, this is what happened. Uh, 
brother sister over here is going to tell you xyz happened that's not the case these are the facts so that when brother or sister comes after you to talk to mom and says xyz mom's like oh no i already know that information is not accurate so that is essentially what it's like to inoculate your stakeholders um you did it in childhood and you didn't even know it well, after businesses and government agencies have, have obtained that information, how should they go about using it to assess a crisis? So what you're speaking about is assessing the risk from the information analyzed. And the factors that many crisis communication communicators consider are likelihood, impact, and velocity. Uh, the likelihood is the probability that the risk can or will become an event for your organization. The impact is how much the event might impact the organization and stakeholders. From a reputation perspective, consider what are the stakeholder expectations of your organization as it relates to that issue? And what are their perceptions of your organization meeting those expectations? You know, perception is reality, as they say. Velocity is how fast a crisis can arise and neg negatively affect the organization and or your stakeholders. And I do not have to tell any communicator listening about the speed of information compared to 20 years ago or longer. So if this was like a mathematical calculation, what it would look like is crisis threat equals likelihood times impact times velocity. Uh, velocity. Another component is weighting stakeholders, as not all stakeholders can be prioritized. In terms of crisis communications management, look through the prism of a stakeholder salience model, which is evaluating the stakeholders' power, their ability to disrupt your organization, their legitimacy, their concern is, is deemed legitimate, and willingness, their desire to confront your organization about the problem. So stakeholder power and legitimacy can be translated into impact. For example, higher power, higher legitimacy indicates a strong stakeholder impact. Power and legitimacy are essentially your impact variables. Willingness suggests likelihood. And as many communicators know, uh, there's stakeholder theory out there that divides stakeholders into primary and secondary and organizations' primary stakeholders or the ones that have a direct effect on the organization. So that's usually your employees, your customers, your investors, your suppliers, your government regulatory agencies, whereas your secondary stakeholders typically do not have as much power over your organization. So this might be like activist groups, competitors, things of that nature. Well, even with that approach, it may not be clear what constitutes a crisis, certainly in this age of social media and cancel cultures. Can you give us a couple examples of other types of crises that a business or organization may face beyond cyber attacks or misinformation? Sure, I can give you more than a couple. Some contemporary types of crises include the faux pas, the challenge from call out or cancel culture, uh, guilt by association, double crisis, spillover, and I can explain what each of these are. The faux pas is when an organization tried to take a good or an appropriate action, but the stakeholders took the opposite view to their efforts. For example, Dove Body Wash commercial showed a black woman removing her top to reveal a white woman. 
and the short video was intended to convey that Dove Body Wash is for every woman and is a celebration of diversity. However, stakeholders perceived it as racially offensive. The challenge, commonly known as cancel culture, um, is when, rightly or wrongly, stakeholders deem organizational practices irresponsible or unacceptable, and then they ostracize, boycott, shun, usually on social media, the organization. Greenpeace does this all the time with organizations that they deem and have determined environmentally harmful. The problem with this is that it can easily be misused and go into cyberbullying. Uh, I know of one higher education institution that considered canceling a whole course because one disgruntled student threatened to badmouth the program on social media. A guilt by association. The organization's paid celebrity spokesperson acts poorly and the organization's connected to them. Let's Kanye West's anti-Semitic and racist comments recently. He had business relationships with Adidas and Gap, among others. Problem for Adidas was that they were slow to sever their ties with him. Or think of Jarrett Fogel. You don't know who Jarrett Fogel is? Or should I say Jarrett from Subway? He was arrested for child pornography. Uh, double crisis. The organization actually worsens the crisis and brings on a double crisis. So think back to that Deepwater Horizon explosion in the Gulf of Mexico when the BP CEO was talking about wanting to get back to his life. And finally, spillover. An example would be when one ice cream producer has listeria breakout in their factory, but all ice cream sales for all brands plummet. So these are some, some contemporary crises that can negatively affect the organization's reputation. I'm afraid we're almost out of time today, but before we go, what are the most important things you'd like people to remember from our conversation today? Oh, Edward, thank you so much again for having me on and thank you for asking that question. I think crisis communications are more than a crisis response. It's also, post-crisis follow-up, and it's pre-crisis preparation and prevention. I talk about crisis communications all the time. I'm very passionate about it. So if any of your listeners would like to follow me, they can easily find me on LinkedIn at LinkedIn slash in slash Karen Nauman. So again, thank you so much, Edward, for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. You're welcome, Karen. I appreciate your being with me today on Crisis Ahead. That's it for this edition of Crisis Ahead. My guest today was Karen Nauman, a public relations strategist. Be sure to come back next week for more advice and insights on preparing for, managing, and recovering from a crisis or subscribe to Crisis Ahead wherever you get podcasts. Each week, I interview government officials, corporate executives, and experts who share their advice and insights about a variety of crisis management and crisis communication topics. Recent guests include Jay Johnson, who's the former secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Isabella Guzman, who's the administrator of the Small Business Administration, and officials of the Department of Defense and the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Future shows will examine the crisis management lessons to be learned from HBO's succession 
and the ways that different leadership styles can impact how organizations respond to a crisis. Be sure to follow me on Forbes.com, where I cover late-breaking crisis-related news. Remember, it's not a matter of if a crisis will hit your organization or company, it's when. And the sooner you're prepared for it, the better. Produced by HeartCast Media.